14. Here's the pitch by Downing. Swinging. There's a drive into left center field. That ball is going to be out of here. It's gone. It's 7-15. There's a new home run champion of all time. And it's Henry Aaron. From the Tanglewood Studios on the Skynet Global Network, this is Go6 Sports Radio. Welcome, welcome, and happy Friday. It's the Go6 Sports Radio podcast. I'm Scott Wasleger on the Go6 Programming Network, GSPN. And if you are sharing this podcast with friends or telling them about it, tell them they can find it on any podcast platform, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so on. Matter of fact, if they go to the Anchor app, there's a spot in there where they can pose a question and they can leave us an audio message with that question or with that comment or with that interesting take. And we can take that audio and we can put it right into the podcast. So if someone's interested in participating in the show, please do that. Can also follow us on at on Twitter at Frozen Rope 8. That's at Frozen Rope 8. And as always this week, <clears throat> busy week, busy week. Happy it's Friday, but we have a busy week. Going to talk to you about college hoops. NBA is tipping off soon. We'll tell you where you can watch those first games, who's playing in them, and where you can watch. Talk about the NFL. Talk about college football. New segment this week. We'll talk about PGA golf. Definitely deserves a mention, and you'll hear why. And as always, we'll have an update on America's most lovable and favorite Virtual baseball team, the Saco Bay Sharks. PlayStation 4, MLB The Show 20. Update on the Sharks and how we're doing. Quick break and we'll be right back. So college basketball, um, not a huge college basketball guy like I used to be. Not sure why, just not as interested. And especially now with no fans and no juice in the buildings, college basketball is not going to survive this season. It's indoors. You have college players that are not as responsible. They're in mini bubbles, supposedly. I don't buy it. And a couple days ago, Mike Coach K from Duke, Mike Krzyzewski, came out with a statement saying that we should really look at this, not sure we should be playing, doesn't feel right, et cetera, et cetera. Um, when voices like his make those kinds of statements, that's time for the NCAA to sit up and listen. I don't believe that we're going to finish this college basketball season. The NCAA wants to. They make too much money with March Madness. It's not necessarily the individual schools. They're just looking. They're not looking at what's going on presently and how in the next six weeks we're going to have the highest rates we've ever had with COVID-19 positivity rates. They're looking at the end game. The NCAA tournament, 
where they make all their money. The NCAA doesn't care that these players are not going to be able to see their families, didn't for Thanksgiving, not going to for Christmas. They're essentially in makeshift bubbles. And they are not into this as much as we think they are. You watch the games, and some of the games are are pretty competitive. There's a lot of games. Of course, ESPN has a million games because they're making money off of this too. There's a million games on TV, but there is a big question mark as to whether we're going to finish this thing, and I don't think we are. There's not really any storylines yet to watch. There will be if things unfold and we play. But for now, my feeling is we're not going to play, and especially when you hear from Coach K and others, other big names, that we shouldn't be playing. Don't be surprised that if in the next month or so, there's at least a pause until we resume play in college basketball. Okay, getting you ready for the NFL this weekend, and this is getting fun. Coming down the stretch here now, you could argue that several games this weekend are playoff games. For example, 1 o'clock on Sunday, the Cardinals at the Giants. The Giants had a great, phenomenal win last week against the Seahawks. However, there was a little wet a little cold water thrown on that because the next night Washington who they're in competitive or who they're in competition with for the division title upset the Steelers which I don't think anyone ever thought was going to happen so where the Giants thought they were going to create a little bit more space in the NFC East it's tight and this is a must win for both the Cardinals and the Giants uh, another good one o'clock game is the Vikings visiting the Buccaneers. The Vikings have been very inconsistent. The Buccaneers look like they could be headed to the playoffs, but this is also a very good game because Vikings fighting for their playoff lives, Bucks trying to solidify themselves. So we'll see what happens down in Tampa. That's a 1 o'clock game on Fox. Cowboys and the Bengals, 1 o'clock, nobody cares. Uh, 1 o'clock. Broncos and the Panthers. Nobody cares about that one. Uh, Chiefs visit the Dolphins. I think that's an interesting game. I think the Chiefs will be ready. The Chiefs have a little bounce in their step now that they may be the one number one seed in the playoffs, could be the number one seed in the playoffs now that Pittsburgh lost the game. And they're visiting the Dolphins. Two is getting better every week for the Dolphins. That's a 1 o'clock game on CBS. And it, it could potentially be nationally televised. I'm not sure. But that'll be an interesting one. The Titans visit the Jaguars. As a Jets fan, we want the Jaguars to win. I don't think that's going to happen. Titans 8-4, and four, Jaguars 1-11. and 11. Tennessee, of course, is a big favorite in that game. Then you got the late games. The Jets at the Seahawks, that's a no-brainer. 
That is a no-brainer. Take the Seahawks. The Jets need to lose. They will lose. They had their one opportunity at a win last week. Didn't get it. The Seahawks, upset by the Giants, can't be happy. They got to perform well at home. They're 6-4. and four. They need to stay in the playoff race. That is the Seahawks all the way. That's a 4 o'clock game on CBS. The Colts and the Raiders, very interesting matchup, 4.05 CBS. That's one I hope that is on national TV that I can catch the second part of as we go into the Sunday night game. But Colts are very good, good running game, experienced quarterback who, if he doesn't make mistakes, and he'll make less mistakes because of the good running game. The the Colts are a very good football team, as are the Raiders, even though they almost lost to the Jets last week. That game's at the Raiders at Las Vegas at 4.05. Then you have the Packers and the Lions. Don't care about that one. Falcons and the Chargers. Don't care about that one. Washington and the 49ers. Let's see if Washington can stay hot. They're visiting the 49ers. That game's not going to be in Santa Clara. That game's probably going to be in Glendale, Arizona. That's on Fox at 425. Alex Smith, quarterback for the the Washington football team, is garnering a lot of attention, and he should because of his comeback. And not only has he come back and started and played, but he's got them playing well. So the Washington football team, definitely a team to watch and pay attention to. The Saints are playing the Eagles, and the only reason... And that game's at 425 on Fox. The only reason that's interesting is because Doug Peterson, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, has named Jalen Hurts as his starter. So it'll be interesting to see how Jalen Hurts does compared to Carson Wentz. Great game Sunday night. Settle in for it. Start watching the highlights of Sunday at 730 on NBC. They, they do a great job with the highlights. But the Steelers visiting the Bills. That's going to be a really good game. Can the Bills really make a statement with regard to are they one of the best teams, one of the top one or two teams in the AFC? Steelers, obviously, don't want to lose two in a row, trying to right the ship, trying to get their running game back. I'm sure they're as well a coach the team in the in the NFL that there ever was. And I'm sure they're working on that that this week. That is going to be, I'd be surprised if that wasn't a fantastic game. I'm getting ready for that one. And then Monday night, you have the Ravens and the Browns. Ravens uh, played pretty well against the Cowboys. Look like Lamar Jackson is fresh and back. They have a good running game. And uh, the Browns are hot. Let's face it, the Browns are as hot as they've been in a long, long time. So the Monday night game, 8-15, Ravens at the Browns. That's a really good one. We'll see if this schedule holds true based on any COVID tests happening this week and reschedule of games. It'd be nice if we had sort of a normal week where we had your your Thursday game, your Sunday games, and then your game on Monday. So that will set you for the NFL this weekend. As I said, enjoy it because now many of these games are like playoff games as we head into the end of the season.
college football real quick. Um, rankings came out earlier this week. Alabama 9-0, Notre Dame 10-0, Clemson 9-1, and then you have Ohio State sitting at 5-0. and um, And somehow they're going to get into the playoff with maybe six games under their belt. The game this week against Michigan canceled. Texas A&M, on the other hand, 7-1 and on the outside looking in. And I think there was a proposal for A&M to play Ohio State in the empty week, in the bye week, because um, A&M's off this week. So, But the Big Ten wouldn't let that happen because the Big Ten's trying to do everything they can to clear the path for the Buckeyes. And if the Buckeyes are able to get in that playoff, stay in that playoff race, and win the thing, that's going to be a disgrace at six games total, six or six games total that they would have played. So not good, uh, but that's going to probably be the way it is because they need a team, the NCAA needs a team like Ohio State in there for ratings and, and big money. So this weekend, I'm looking at the schedule. They're really not any good games. Uh, Notre Dame would 10 and all visiting Wake Forest. Not a good game to watch. Uh, Alabama and Arkansas visiting Arkansas. Arkansas is three and six. You have even in Maction, you have Akron one and four visiting Buffalo. Uh, the Alabama games on ESPN at noon. These are noon games I'm talking about. The Army Navy game. Army's the favorite. Um, that game I've never been interested in at all. I realize it's a steep tradition, just like Harvard-Yale is a steep tradition, but the game doesn't mean, the result of the game doesn't mean anything as far as standings and championships go. And for me personally, that's never been something that I've been really interested in I'll glance at the score, maybe root for the underdog, but not weigh into it like some people are, again, because you might argue it's meaningless. It's a meaningless game, just like Harvard and Yale. Meaningless. Now, it's not meaningless to the military people who serve our country and the outcome of the game determines bragging rights. It's not meaningless to them. And I understand that. But as far as standings or championship or anything that go uh, that, that, that we're talking about, it's not anything that I've ever been interested in. But if you are, and most of America is, that's a 3 p.m. game on CBS. After that, you really don't have much. You don't have much. You have a couple Big Ten games, Wisconsin, Iowa. That's a top 25 matchup, 330 on FS1. Wisconsin's 2-2, two and two, Iowa's 5-2. and two. Pretty meaningless games. The closest one to that would be 330 on ABC. North Carolina, number 20, North Carolina visits Miami at 8-1. and one. That may be a pretty good game to watch. Your night games, pick your poison. I mean, LSU at 3-5 and five maybe upset the Gators. At 7 o'clock on ESPN. Um, I might check into that one and root for LSU. But other than that, nothing great. 8 o'clock, Virginia at Virginia Tech. 
on the ACC network. So that's a rivalry game that's not even on a major network. So not a great viewing weekend. Next week will be better when you have some conference championships and we're really getting into the playoff picture. That's NCAA football. So let's talk about the NBA, set to tip off on December 22nd. Uh, glad to see it back. The news this week is that James Harden has not shown up to practice, and Stephen Silas, the new Houston Rockets coach, is pretty irate about it and has said so. Harden is interested in a trade, particularly to Philadelphia, has not shown up to practice. This is destroys me. You're making $42 million a year. I think he has a four-year deal. Show up to practice. If they end up trading you and you're, or you're unhappy, you can talk to the coaching staff about it, the front office about it, but get your rear end to practice and stop complaining about wanting to be traded because there's not enough guys around you. Make guys better. Every year we hear about him scoring a million points, leading the league in scoring. His teams are pretty good, but he can't get anybody over the hump. And that's the difference between him and somebody like LeBron, somebody like Kobe, somebody like Michael Jordan, somebody like Stephen Curry, Durant, you name them. But there's a reason why guys become disgruntled, guys want to get traded, and that's because they wear out their welcome, just like just like Russell Westbrook. So message to James Harden. If you get traded, you get traded. Great. If not, show up to practice. You're making $42 million a year. Now turning to the schedule for the NBA, and so glad to have it back. Starts on Tuesday the 22nd. That's opening night. And make no mistake about it, the NBA knows what they're doing with regard to TV and ratings. The 7 o'clock game that night is the Warriors and the Nets on TNT. TNT has both games, by the way. And 10 o'clock, the Clippers and the Lakers. Two great matchups. I don't love watching the NBA on TV, but I will watch parts of both of those games because of the star factor, because all of those teams are good, because the Nets now are armed with Kevin Durant, and it'll be interesting to see how good they are. And of course, Clippers and the Lakers, for obvious reasons, Kawhi and the guys versus the Lakers. And the Lakers are going to be, you know, just pretty nasty. So that's on the 22nd. That's a Tuesday night on TNT. And then on Wednesday, you get the Bucks and the Celtics on TNT again. And then at 1030 that night, you get the Mavericks and the Suns on ESPN. So lot to look forward to with regard to the NBA. Now the Christmas Day games are insane as always and and very fun to look forward to. You have the Pelicans and the Heat. That's at noon on ESPN. Pelicans with Zion Williamson. Uh, the Heat coming off a great run in the bubble in the playoffs and the finals. That's at noon on ESPN. At 2.30, you have the Warriors and the Bucks. Warriors, star power, Bucks, uh, the Greek freak on ABC. At 5 o'clock on ABC, 
You have the Nets and the Celtics. At 8 o'clock, you have the Mavericks and the Lakers on ABC and ESPN. That's a big one because it's on two of the Disney networks, ABC and ESPN. And then at 10.30 that night, when you're just relaxing from a long day of uh, maybe eating and Zoom visiting or whatever, the Clippers and the Nuggets on ESPN at 10.30. And then right back at it on the 26th, there's... There's three more games. So the NBA, full swing, December 22nd. The only challenge I see is that basketball is indoors and these games won't be in bubbles. I think it's the Warriors and someone else who are going to try to work on allowing fans in the buildings. And maybe this season will go off and we'll play all of the games, I hope. I hope as the season unfolds, the vaccine is introduced to everybody and you know by the end of the season everybody's been vaccinated and we can finish the season so that's a lot of nba things to look forward to and we'll be right back Let's talk about the PGA Tour a little bit. Golf really did a great job during this pandemic. I said in the very beginning that golf was the most conducive to being able to play because of the social distancing aspect. You don't have to really be close to anybody playing golf. And because the players are largely very intelligent and college-educated guys. And that showed because the positivity rate through all of the events that they ran since they started back last June, all of, the, all of those events, the positivity rate was only 0.003. And no events were canceled. So kudos to the PGA and its players and its caddies and its volunteers. Not able to have fans. So that um, hindered largely the charitable part of the PGA. The charitable part of the PGA functions primarily on fan attendance at so many of these events. So the charity aspect of the PGA took a hit this year. But being able to play all of those events was really pretty amazing. So uh, kudos to the PGA. Next year, they're talking about, uh, uh, or, or this coming year. So this coming year, the... Next tour event will be the Century Tournament of Champions in Maui. That's January 7th to the 10th. And they'll allow a small number of spectators into that event. And there's some subsequent events right after that. The Sony that they will not allow spectators. But what's really cool is that the ratings also went up. The TV ratings. So fans may not have been able to watch golf in person but they did on TV. 
at least until the football season began, which overtakes, you know, pretty much everybody with regard to ratings. But the early round coverage of the PGA Tour events on the Golf Channel for the first 12 events, and when that resumed, viewership was up like 50% and 96% between 25 and 54-year-olds. So some of these young golfers that are rising stars that are up and coming are really doing the game good. Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, just to name a couple. Um, And the other thing that has been a good shot in the arm for golf is that recreational golf participation is up. Since most states allowed golf, even when other activities were shut down in the early months of the pandemic, participation increased. Rounds for the year are projected to jump by nearly 50 million. So good stuff going on with golf. Big explosion came during the summer months. June rounds were up 14% over 2019. July was up 20%. August rounds increased by 21%. And with more of that play came more money and equipment and apparel sales. So golf is one of the few sports where participation can drive interest in the professional game. And that's really phenomenal for the PGA. Um, And then looking, looking ahead to the Players' Championship in 2021, the first round of the 2020 Players' Championship was the last time fans could come to a PGA Tour event with no restrictions on number, no face covering, and no social distancing. Um, But despite the fact that vaccines coming, it's likely too optimistic, um, you know, that we'll see fans able to participate or or attend uh, the March Players' Championship experience at, at Sawgrass. So we'll see what happens, but again... Good job, great job by the PGA. And it just is, it's really common sense. When you look at the PGA versus the other sports, the demographic is smart. That's all there is to it. It's not that the other sports aren't smart, but like college football, for example, a lot of positive tests, tons of positive tests, tons of games canceled. Why? You have a younger demographic who doesn't get it and continues to socialize and be around other people. And they don't have a monetary stake in what happens, whereas millions of dollars are at stake to some guys in the PGA if they're not able to participate or if tournaments are canceled. So good job, PGA, and can't wait for this year to see what happens.
So now for an update on America's most lovable and favorite virtual baseball team, the Saco Bay Sharks. So as we do every week, PlayStation 4, MLB The Show 20, update on the Saco Bay Sharks. I had a couple great wins uh, earlier in the week. Two five-nothing wins, uh, homered, home runs by Rod Carew, Ken Griffey Jr., Max Muncy in the eighth innings of those games, closed those games out. Phenomenal pitching performances by Adam Wainwright and Walter Johnson. My bullpen, as I mentioned before, is nasty. I came in with Dibble and Crochet, Lee Smith, closed those games out. So while my overall record since the very beginning is 71-102, and 102, that's 31 games below 500, we're still lovable. I mean, we still have a really likable team. I mean, Rod Carew has been so hot for me. He's hitting home runs now. He's had four home runs in like his last five games. Uh, I have picked up Yasmani Grandel behind the plate, and he hit a big home run and a big double for me in one of those wins. My record right now, and I might have mentioned this before to you guys, that the MLB The Show has different seasons. So you'll play so many games, and then it'll tell you you came to the end of a season and they start a new season up. Well, in this most recent season, I'm 10-10. and 10. So I'm doing okay, pitching really well, hitting better. In those two 5 nothing games, those were two of the most complete games I played. Hit really well, have been pitching well for quite some time now, and I knew that it would come together. You know, like any team, different aspects of your game, when they all mesh together, that's when you have a great game or a great streak. And those two games were really good ones. I think in the first 5 nothing shutout, I had one base running mistake. And that was the only error, so to speak, that I made in either of those two games. Lost a tough one last night, 3-2. to two. Trevor Bauer is now in my pitching staff. He pitched a great game, let up home runs early, but settled down at 13 strikeouts, pitched really well. I like him. I'm able to use a cutter with him really well, especially to left-handers. He has five pitches that can, he can throw for strikes, so it gives you a lot of good options to get guys out. But when you're facing really tough hitters, which a lot of these teams now I'm playing have – you know, Babe Ruth, Joe Morgan, Fernando Tatis, uh, Mike Trout, some of the best hitters in the game, you really have to be smart with your pitching. And if you put some hitting together with it, you're going to do well. So the Saco Bay Sharks, uh, current lineup is Griffey leading off, Griffey Jr., Honus Wagner at short, batting second. Carew's at third, Reggie Jackson's in right field, hitting fourth. Manny Machado, great defense, hasn't hit great for me yet, but he's third baseman. Lou Brock in left, Max Muncy at first, Yasmani Grundell behind the plate. 
Um, Duke Snyder came off the bench last night, hit a home run for me. So Saco Bay Sharks, um, lovable team. You got to love them. I like my guys. We are 10 and 10 in this season, 30 under 500, but we're going to keep plugging away. So when the new MLB The Show comes out in March, I will be a force to be reckoned with. So we're getting better. We're embracing the process, and we're going to keep going. That's the update on America's most lovable team, the Saco Bay Sharks. So that'll do it for us this week. We are going to put out this podcast every week, try to talk about current news from the day, news from the week, and prepare you for all the sports over the weekend and where to watch them. Please spread the word about the Go 6 Sports Radio podcast can be found wherever you find your podcasts. Also follow us on Twitter at FrozenRope8, and we'll see you next week.